Uh, last week, if you were here, I had a transformative uh, process that, that happened in my mind. It, it happens every once in a while, and all of a sudden, I'm going down a certain way, and then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit speaks and says, this is not what's happening. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm preparing a message for people that they have to hear what, you know, is inside this jar of clay. And he goes, well, how about we go with the all-surpassing power of glory instead of how good you may or may not be in any given moment? So, so this is what it was. We, we were going down, we, we've been taking a walk, uh, talking about how to have a closer walk with Jesus, looking at the life of Jesus, and we were in the temptation story. And I, I am a person who wants to apply the Bible like every, every verse I read, I'm like, how can I apply this Bible to my life? Because you know that the whole gospel is about me. It's not? Oh, that's what the Lord spoke to me last week. He's like, this story is not about you. It's about Jesus. And I'm like, well, hold on a second here. Aren't I supposed to become like Jesus? Everybody, everybody, is this, is this one of the goals of, of Christian life? But... What Jesus was showing me was I'll never become like him if I don't really see who he really is. I'll become like the Jesus I think he wants me to be. And that will not be good enough, because that's about where I am right now. <laughs> it will not be good enough. So you're, if you're looking for Jesus this morning, all you're going to get is me, unless I get with Jesus. And if I get to, with Jesus face to face, then all of a sudden what you'll see is the reflection of Jesus off my face, and it'll go to you, and, and you will be blessed. Now, that was uh, like, it, it was weirdly transformative in the fact that I wanted to talk about our temptations and my temptations and, and, and all these kind of things. And the Holy Spirit clearly spoke to me. It's not, this is about Jesus' temptation because this is what Jesus did for us, <laughs> that he defeated the works of the devil so that we could experience him in his fullness. That's way better than me defeating the devil in my life. <laughs> All right, so everybody okay so far? So as I was going on, I go to the next section here, and I'm like, this is totally about me and you. Because as, as we'll read in a couple minutes, uh, it, this is the story of Jesus coming to Nazareth and his ministry beginning. And he, bring, and he brings out Isaiah 61. He starts to read it, and it says, this is the ministry I'm going to have. And Mr. Application says, this is the ministry I'm going to have. And the Holy Spirit says, no, this is the ministry Jesus has. Start there. Okay, so like with all of us, do we get ahead of ourselves? All right. Now, I've been walking with Jesus a long time, and I've realized I'm so far back from where I could be. And part of it's because I have not allowed Jesus to permeate me because I've been too interested in trying to fix myself. How many try to fix yourselves? You know, one of the problems with American churches is we have three easy ways to have a good marriage. It's February. We should talk about the three easy ways to have a good marriage. <laughs> 
You ready? Number one, <laughs> any marriage can be destroyed in 10 seconds or less. All you have to do is say the wrong thing at the wrong time. And Okay, so don't say the wrong thing at the wrong time. Okay, okay. I won't give you the other two. Wait for my, my fancy-dancy uh, TED Talk to come out on that. Now, uh, but what I, I mean, and I've always been this way since I came to Jesus in, in a very, like, like, Jesus got a hold of me, that kind of thing. I've always wanted to bring that to everyone. And I've instead, I've strayed away from the Jesus got a hold of me. So this is what we're going to do today. Jesus is going to get a hold of you. Okay? That's the talk. Shall we read? All right, so this is what the scriptures say. Um, I, I, I couldn't pass this verse up. Because right where we, we, he finishes the temptation, it says, when the devil had finished every temptation, every temptation, I'm like, what? Let's read that for a second. When the devil had finished every temptation, he left him until an opportune time. <laughs> wow. 40 days, Jesus and the devil beating it out, and Jesus passes it all. Aren't you guys glad? Because the story of the gospel is what Jesus has done, not what we're doing. I was talking to somebody this week, and he, was, and he was telling me, I hope I've been good enough for God to bless me. Have you ever thought that? You ever thought, uh-oh, I've sinned today. God is coming for me. I'm talking to the wrong people? Okay, I'll talk to you guys online. <laughs> you guys online. <laughs> It happens because somehow we measure our, our salvation, the blessing of God, based on us. How am I doing today? And if you're not doing today, i got good news for you. God can still bless you. But, 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 okay, we won't go through all the buts. The entire Bible, you guys ready for this? The entire Bible is how God redeems people. It starts with the story and says, God made people perfect. And then they became sinners. <laughs> and then the whole rest of the story is about God coming to redeem people. Coming for you. Why? To redeem you and to bless you. This is it. And the way he did that was by bringing us Jesus. Okay. So he left till an opportune time. Does anybody know what the opportune time was that the enemy, that Satan came back for Jesus? Anybody? Anybody? Huh? Probably in the garden. Jesus was very vulnerable, more vulnerable than not eating for 40 days and, and being offered food. And he came to him and he says, there's got to be another way. And he entrusted himself to God. All right, here's the rest of the story. Well, part of the rest of the story. So Jesus leaves the wilderness, he, he, and Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread throughout the surrounding district, and he began teaching in the synagogue and was praised by all. He came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. He went home <laughs> out, out, of the, out of the desert, and he began where he had been brought up, and as was his custom... He entered the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read. So he went, went, he went home and he went to church. And then, as was his custom, uh, 
this wasn't his custom, but he, he, got, he got the Bible for the day. So they used to rotate uh, in synagogues. They used to rotate the teaching. And Jesus showed up, and they're like, hey, you, you do the reading today. And he's like, good. Now, the reading was already set, which is totally interesting. Do you know, I ah, have to stop for a minute, do you know the timing of God? It's amazing. It's perfect. It's like, why people are together right now? Why are you listening to me right now? Why we're here? Why people are other places is because God has a perfect timing and a perfect plan for them. So he shows up, and, and the book of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. It was actually a scroll. And he opened the book and found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind and to set free those who are oppressed to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. And then it says they sat down, or he said, and today this is fulfilled in your hearing. Wouldn't it have been cool to be there that day? Wouldn't you have said, wow, Jesus showed up. He preached, and I, now I know everything, everything I need to know. He's the Messiah. Maybe next week we'll talk about what really happened. Because <laughs> sometimes when you tell people the truth, they don't always receive it. <laughs> have you noticed that? Okay, so we're moving right along. Okay. So let, let, let's not run by this because we're talking about growing closer to Jesus and I don't want to run by the stuff. It says, and Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. Now Luke, when he was writing this, he was writing this account to a friend because he wanted his friend to know about Jesus. Okay? And so he was very clear, man, I got to put all the good stuff in. And, and the, the first thing he says, and there's a lot of parts as you read through the first parts of Luke. He he talks about the Holy Spirit being in Jesus or around Jesus, okay? And of course, we should draw draw our own conclusion about us because at the end of the book and in the book of Acts, it says that he is giving us the same spirit so we can walk with him, all right? And the, the, the main point, he keeps emphasizing he was not doing this alone, he had the Holy Spirit working with him. And I, and I just want to encourage you because a lot of times we feel like we are powerless. I'm just a jar of clay with nothing inside and I can't meet the day because I don't have the all-surpassing power of God. Anybody? Anybody? And so I want to encourage you and we're going to do it as we read the rest of this. I want our first ministry to be the allowance of the ministry of Jesus to be to us. I'm going to talk about it. You're going, what? I thought I had to worship him first. But we love him because he first loved us. We can't worship until he loved us, right? Okay, going on. Okay, so there's four things that Jesus reads out of, out of this he says this, and, and I, want to, I want us to see ourselves in the text as, as we're looking here. It says, he picks up the book, 
And he opened the book, found the place where it's written, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. That means he has anointed, he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. So the gospel is just simply good news. If, now, the word poor in, in the New Testament, there's two words for poor. There's poor like you are, <laughs> before payday. <laughs> you know, you're looking and you're going, man, we're poor. <laughs> okay, there's that poor. And then there's guy begging on the street poor. He's talking about guy begging on the street poor. He's talking about, actually, it's, it was a word used for people who actually did beg. Um, and, and they wouldn't, they would beg, but they wouldn't even look up. It's like, I have nothing. If you don't give me something, I have nothing. Now, I don't know if you've ever been that poor where you've had to beg. I, I, I've been pretty poor a couple of times in my life, but I think that I've never reached that. But when we read that, we don't see ourselves in it. Because what Jesus was, was emphasizing, what this is emphasizing, is that spiritually, that's really how poor we are. Now, when you came here this morning, you're thinking, man, I am feeling so spiritually fit. It's ridiculous. When people see me, they're going to go, dude, you're an incredible spiritual person. Yes? No, no, you didn't say that. Most of you are like, I'm kind of half spiritual. That's why I'm here at church, because I need a little more spiritual. But Jesus, instead, he, he, he makes the emphasis that the good news is for those who say, I've got nothing. I'm a clay pot with zero inside. Unless I come, he comes. So he says, okay, I've got good news for the destitute. Now, right now, you're saying, I'm not destitute spiritually, maybe. But part of the ministry of Jesus is saying, is us being real with God and saying, I'm really not doing that good spiritually. Maybe you are. Maybe you're having one of those seasons. You're like, man, I'm so close to God. It's ridiculous. But what if you're not? Then Jesus is saying, come to me, clay pot. All right, second one, he says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to preach the good news to the poor, and he has sent me to to proclaim release to the captives. Now, this is one thing I know about. I've been to jail. Woo! It's nice when they come and unlock the door. (laughs) And they say, you know, know, you're, you're out, okay? But what Jesus, what, what this verse is saying here is that when you're a prisoner, you usually have done something wrong. Yes? Right? Okay. So when you've done something wrong, what you're really in search of is not just release, but you're in search of forgiveness. And Jesus is saying, I am here to forgive you everything. How many messed up this week? Was I the only one? (laughs) This is still relevant today. Because the only way that you can really be released is by coming to Jesus and saying, man, I feel imprisoned right now. I need your forgiveness. I really need that. Third thing is, he says, Recovery of sight to the blind. How many are all knowing? I know. 
You watched the news last night. You became all-knowing. <laughs> right? I mean, I, I, somebody taught me a long time ago, it says you, you can learn a lot after you know everything. It really is true, <laughs> because really, in most conversations, you know, husband, wife is like, I got this, you know, friends, employees is like, I know everything. Do we approach life that way? And Jesus is like, actually, you're spiritually, you're probably blind. Now, the blindness goes in, in a lot of directions, but I think for me, when I was looking at this, was I was thinking about the blindness of not knowing what God is wanting to do in my life. Being blind. So you're praying about something. You're like, Lord, I hope you would change this. And being blind to not being able to see it. Anybody? And Jesus says, come to me and I will give you sight. That's good. That's good. How many of you are feeling a little blind right now? Maureen, she, she says she's going, I'm, I'm going to Taiwan. I'm going to go visit my parents. I don't know what's going to happen. I do. Now, I don't know some particulars, but I know that Jesus will be with you. I know that Jesus is going to bless your family. I know that Jesus is going to bless you. Bless you. But the Lord wants to open our eyes so that you can see a little bit more. Oh, what is it God's going to do here? All right, last but not least, he says, to set free those who are oppressed. I get oppressed every week. <laughs> I go to work and I'm like, Oh, shoot. <laughs> Somebody's laying a burden on me or throwing a monkey on my back. <laughs> Anybody here? Anybody work at a place like that? <laughs> no? No, good. I, I know. I'm taking most of the monkeys, guys. Uh, if, you work, if you work here, I'm like, I got most of the monkeys. I'm like, got to get these monkeys off my back. I got them on my leg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do have those monkeys on your leg. <laughs> uh but sometimes we have to hear the voice of Jesus. He says, come to me, all those who are weary, heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Right? When I read this, I want to apply it and say, I'm going to do this as a ministry to you guys. But the only ministry I really have is to get you to Jesus. <laughs> because Jesus will do these things. Right? If you're poor, he will give you riches beyond expectation. Now you're saying, hold on a second here. I'm going to be wealthy? <laughs> He's like, no. Because the thing you really need is spiritual wealth. Right? That I have. That we've been given the, the totalitarian, the total inheritance of God, which you need more than anything. You know, Jenny was mentioning uh, Guatemala. When you're poor, 
then very often you, you can receive the riches of God that much faster. When you're rich or American rich, uh, a lot of times people can't see, can't see Jesus yet. All right. Pause. Speaking of Guatemala, we will be taking a team to Guatemala for two weeks or one week, depending on if you want to join us in June 17th to July 2nd. It's on the books. The hotels are booked. Uh, if you'd like to join us, um, know, know those dates are now firm, if you didn't know that before. Okay. Um, last but not least, here we go. To proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. The season of salvation has come, and the season of accessing Jesus is now here for you. Isn't that awesome? That's what Luke was writing to his friend. He's like, and when Jesus did this, he opened up a door for you to access him. And I'm sure the guy reading it was like, who is this Jesus again? He's the anointed one who said this is fulfilled in your hearing. And I think his friend probably got it. Question is, will you get it? <laughs> I believe that the season of the Lord is for you right now to be able to access him. I said the 1st of January, uh, my only goal is to grow closer to the Lord this year. Because if you have that goal, believe me, everything else falls in line. If you don't have that goal and you have any other goal besides that being top tier, then you're not going to experience life the way Jesus wants you to experience it. So no matter where you are, I'm gonna, we're, we're going to pray. We're going to uh, take communion together. Here's another good story. Why don't we go ahead and we'll pass out the elements. So just what we've been talking about, Jesus did on the night before he died. He said, gather around, you guys. <clears throat> I want to minister to you. <laughs> I like that. You, you go, Dylan. That's totally cool. <laughs> uh, well, let's just take a moment. Thank you, dear. Uh, don't forget me. I was being patient. <clears throat> All right. So on the night before Jesus died, 
He said, come on, guys, I want you guys to have a meal with me. But when they came in, they hadn't washed their feet. They were grubby. They hadn't gotten a shower. And Jesus says to them, I'm going to wash your feet. And they said, no, you're not. <laughs> Some of them. And they knew that he was talking about, I want to minister to you. And they said, you know, I'm here to worship you. I'm a disciple of Jesus. Everything's about what me and what I can do for God. And Jesus flips the script and he said, I want to minister to you. And then they have this meal together. It's the Passover meal. But this is what I want to do. I want us to, let's, let's, let's close our eyes so we can focus. And Jesus is coming to us right now, individually, and saying, I want to serve you. I want to minister to you. And there's something like in Peter said, no, no, no. I, I can't have you do that. And he said, no, that's my role. I came to serve you. And in what we just read, <clears throat> this is how he wants to serve us. In the places where we're spiritually poor right now, if you're feeling overwhelmed or like, oh, man, I got nothing in my spiritual tank. As we come to the table, Jesus is there to meet us. All you have to do is say, Lord, I, got, I am poor. I am destitute. I need you. And if you're here this morning, that's where you're at. And if you say you're not, sometimes that's an indication that you actually are. It's like Peter. It's like, no, then wash my face. No, no. If you're feeling a prisoner today, Jesus has a key. You're feeling unforgiven. You're feeling guilt, shame, or any part of your life right now. Jesus is saying, come to me. I'm here to set you free. You're forgiven. You're free. Doors open. Walk. If you're blind, or if you say, I see, Jesus is, there's so many areas. I, I don't know about the future. I was thinking, as I was praying here, uh, praying this week, gosh, Lord, I wish I could see more about what you're trying to do in certain situations. And Jesus is like, I do. I want to take the blinders off you. So if you need sight in an area of prayer or life, Jesus is saying, come to, you, come to me. Just tell him, Lord, I'm blind in this area. Give me insight. Give me discernment. Give me wisdom. And lastly, if you're oppressed, you're experiencing that feeling, the weight of the world on you. Jesus is saying, come to me. I'll shoulder it with you. Cast all my cares, all your cares on me, for I care for you.
And the reason we can now do this is because he gave us his broken body. And so as you lift those things up and draw close to Jesus, let's go ahead and take the bread this morning. Lord, you hear our prayers. You hear the cry of our heart. We need you more than anything. And as you broke your body for us so that we could be whole, we now take this bread and thank you that you've done everything for us. Let's go ahead and take the bread this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Now, as we come to Jesus one more time, he says, hey, listen, you're trying to make your life from your own strength, but the all-surpassing power of God comes from me, and I'll give it to you. And that's what the cup's all about. It's, it's the lifeblood of Jesus pouring in us by his Holy Spirit. And where you're weak this morning, I pray as we take this cup as a symbol that we would experience the fullness of it, that Jesus would be fully empowering us in the areas that we need him this, this week and this, this time. And so, Lord, we thank you that you gave your lifeblood so that we could truly have life. Let's go ahead and take the cup this morning. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, this week, I pray that we would draw close to you, not in our own strength, as we would try to do, but instead we would hear you calling us. Come close. Listen. See. Be free. Because that's what you're calling us to this, this time. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Good stuff. <laughs> Jesus is really great. <laughs> he really is. And he, want, he wants to do some amazing things. And maybe we should uh, just pause for a minute. There's a verse that says, with man, <laughs> things are not possible. But with God, all things are possible. And I think that when we come together, a lot of times we have things that look impossible to God in our life. And uh, he wants to just encourage you. What you think is impossible is possible with me. So be encouraged this week. And uh, God bless those that are joining us online. We're checking out. We're, I think we're having soup today because it's a soup day. It's cold <laughs> and rainy out here and torrential. Uh, so thank you for being with us, uh, the rest of us. I hope you. I hope you, I was able to communicate. Uh, unfortunately, 
this earthen vessel can only rely on the power of God. And so if the power of God doesn't do it, we're all sunk. Okay, God bless you. Uh, let's, let's, uh, let's share a meal together and uh, have a great day.